Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you're all doing good, enjoying this fucking freezing January. Oh my god, it literally started snowing yesterday, although that's so dramatic because it was, what, like a centimetre of snow? I don't even know if that qualifies for properly snowing, maybe just icy. You really don't want to leave the house in that kind of weather, like it really takes everything in you to make yourself leave the house. Can you believe I've been sticking to my cold water swim a week and I did one in this weather? What the absolute fuck? It was literally so cold. (laughs) I, okay, so it was Sunday and I had it in my head. I wanted to do it and we left until quite late. We didn't end up, uh, like had a lion, made brunch, didn't end up getting to where we were going to jump in until about 3 p.m., Obviously in the winter as well, 3pm by the sea, it's very windy, it was grey. Like Sunday was not a nice day whatsoever, but I just had it in my head I was going to do this. And I think it was blue skies earlier on in the day, which made me think, oh, I really want to do this. But then by the time we got there, it was grey. So anyway, we had intended on going to this bit where you jump in, right? But this part where you can jump in, as nice as it is in the summer, it is really brutal to jump in there when the weather's bad because it's like a point so it's it's not like a bay it's not a cove it's not protected from the wind so if the weather's bad because it's so exposed you honestly like it would be dangerous to jump in it's that bad it's so choppy it's really rocky we arrived I got out of the car took one look at it and thought absolutely not so then we drove to the beach bit like that's more of a bay and it's like a big you know semicircle. so it's properly protected and we went in there and To be honest, I'm not going to lie, if it wasn't for the fact that there was already about 20 people in swimming, I probably would have turned around and said no then too. But the fact that we got down to the beach and there was this huge group of people all going in, I thought, we've no excuse here. We cannot turn back now in front of all these people. So we did it. We got in. And do you know what? Like I was saying the other week where it's so cold, like the air temperature anyway, so cold. So it's actually not that much of a difference from, from standing in the cold to then going into the sea. And actually what made it even better this time was because it was literally so windy on this particular day and so cold. So we literally stood there in our clothes and then we were like, right, we've got 30 seconds to strip off and run in. Like there's no fucking point here because I don't want to be standing in the cold wind for any longer than necessary. So literally whacked everything off and ran into the sea. Now I have never run into the sea like that. Even in the summer, When I do cold water swimming, I walk slow and take my time and get used to like coming up your legs and do you know what I mean? Until eventually once it's at my waist, then I'll like dive in. But we didn't have the option of doing that because it was so cold. It was literally a run in, stay in for as long as you can and then come out. So see running in with the waves being as big as they were and it being as cold as it was, I've never felt an adrenaline rush like it in my entire life. It was literally the most fun experience. I was meant to go again this morning. We were, we were going to go for sunrise, right? No, probably not the smartest idea because at eight o'clock this morning, it was minus three degrees. Anyway, it didn't end up happening for just basically miscommunication reasons. We are going to try and do it another day. But yeah, I've decided now that I don't care if it's bad weather because if I can do it in that freezing cold wind and run in like that and it be an actual even more fun experience, then there's no excuse. Also, I am way more prepared now because obviously every time you do it, you think... You kind of like think of different things you can do or you see other people with different bits of gear that you could get that would make it easier for you. So now I've got the, well, I already had the wee booties. I've got the long sleeve swimsuit. I've got the swimsuit gloves. 
And I also actually stole this from my house because my parents have so much like running and exercise stuff because they're such runners. But I stole one of those like, you know, those fleecy headbands. They're almost like the headbands you'd wear when you'd be getting ready, like doing your makeup. Like those, but they're fleecy. Like they're like the North Face fleece and they cover your ears. They're thicker at the ear bit so that they cover your ears. It's almost like a an exercise friendly version of earmuffs. I got that too because you see people go in a lot with hats on which would love to be able to do but with my hair does not allow for that unfortunately so um yeah it's a tie your hair up in a bun kind of job and chuck a little fleecy thing over your ears so I'm really kitted out now and I'm buzzing about it and I'm proud of myself for, for doing it in that weather that was the peak of my week actually I think was it yeah that was the peak of my week what else did I do this week? Oh my god, we had... Okay, so do you remember in my goals for 2024? And I was saying about how me and my boyfriend are going to do that thing where you do one in-house and one date night out of the house a month. And you basically switch who's in charge of what each month. So this month I was in charge of the in-house one, which we had last weekend. And I decided we were going to make fresh pasta, ravioli to be precise. And then we were going to do a little paint and sip after because I have loads of oil paints. You know what? It's actually really, I'd highly recommend going to like Hobbycraft or The Range actually do all that shit as well for really cheap and just getting a set of either oil or acrylic paints or even like water paints or what do you call them? Watercolor paints. I don't really know how to work with them though. I think I'd be a little bit out of my depth if I tried to use them. But yeah, really highly recommend going to get like a big set of paints and just some canvas paper and having a little painting night. It was so fun. But yeah, we made homemade ravioli. Literally just followed the BBC Good Food vegan pasta recipe for the dough because then... Basically, the dough for any pasta shape that you make is going to be the same. So then what you do with that dough is just completely up to you. So if you want to just follow the recipe, roll it out into the thin sheet and then cut like, you know, thick tagliatelle kind of ones or parpadelli. I'm saying that wrong. Sorry. Sorry to any Italians listening to this. But yeah, you can just like make whatever shapes you want out of it. But I wanted to do ravioli because a few months ago I ordered the ravioli stamper things on Amazon, the wee cutters that cut out the shape. And I was thinking it was going to be really complicated, but honestly, it was so easy. It's literally flour, water and oil. That's it. Obviously, if you're not vegan, you can add egg yolks to it. But the vegan recipe worked so well. And after kneading the dough, we just split it into two and rolled them both out separately into two big sheets. Put like little teaspoons on to one sheet, put another sheet over the top of it and then just stamp them out with the little stamper. It was so good. I was so impressed, like hands down the best ravioli I've ever had. And I would be a, mm, maybe not so much anymore, but I used to definitely be a big, rav or well, a big pasta orderer in restaurants. I don't think I do it so much anymore because I love the pasta that I make at home. And I always think it's nice when you go out to get something that you don't make well yourself if that makes sense. So I don't order it so much anymore, but like I know, for example, like all the years I was vegetarian where restaurants didn't really cater for it so much, you know, there'd be one pasta or one risotto on the menu for you. So by default, I kind of was always ordering ravioli at restaurants and that ravioli that I made last weekend was hands-on better than any restaurants ravioli I've ever had so highly recommend trying that out and it just made for a really fun date night as well and with the painting and everything after and I got little moons for dessert the chocolate hazelnut ones is it chocolate yeah chocolate hazelnut they're so yummy 
But yeah, this week's been really nice and chill, to be honest. I know I've been saying this literally on every episode since January, but I fucking love January. The January slander is over. Although it is a bad time to have a birthday. I do feel kind of bad for people with January birthdays. It's very much hibernation season, like in full swing. I've been reading so much of my book club book. I'm actually obsessed with it, like really hooked on it. I'm 70% of the way through and I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think it's going to be up there with my top five books ever, which is crazy. Like I haven't even got to the ending yet and I'm already saying that. Who knows? It could be a terrible ending. I'll report back. But yeah, it's called Americana. If you want to keep up to date with my book club, you can join my little Instagram broadcast channel called Emma's Book Club. Or I always just keep you updated on what I'm reading on my Instagram stories anyway, if you don't want to join the book club. I've been getting into a really nice little evening, nighttime routine of which reading is a key part of for me. I try to read a minimum of 10 pages a day, but that always just ends up being more because I think once you start 10 pages, then you end up, you know, 30, 50 pages later and you're like, I should probably go to sleep now. (laughs) But yeah, I actually would love to do an episode on my nighttime routine. I know I talked about my morning routine before and at the time I had not, or I was not in a good routine when it came to the evenings it's been something I've really wanted to work on and it's been something I've been trying very hard to maintain the last well since the start of January I guess speaking of nighttime routines who's watching Love Island All-Stars because I don't think I'm going to as much as I really want to I think it's gonna be really good like I think it's gonna be juicy it's almost like X on the beach meets Love Island Do you know what I mean? All these exes thrown in there. There's definitely people that have shagged or like had a bit of a thing. Now all living under the same villa. I think it's going to be potentially one of the best seasons. And I just love Maya Jama as well. She's just such a goddess. It honestly blows my... Like she genuinely, that woman makes me question my sexuality. So the first night I saw the clips on TikTok... And I was like, oh, this looks really good. Maybe I should start watching it. Then I stuck it on last night, right? That was the second night of it. And I just, I, I stopped it about halfway through and I thought, I don't like this. I, I, As in, sorry, not that I wasn't enjoying it. I thought, I don't like that this is like taking over my evening and like affecting my nighttime routine. And I don't want to get hooked on this. So I think the best thing to do is to just stop this. And you know what? I will just keep up with it on Instagram and TikTok. And if there is maybe a really good episode that everyone's raving about, I can go back and watch it on catch up. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to be sitting down every night to watch that because I just, I don't want it to take over my life. I am in a good way, as I said, with my little nighttime routine. And I just think if you're not actually turning the TV off until 10, half 10, and then starting your whole like wind down thing, it can end up being really late. Like I can end up taking so long doing my whole skincare and then winding down, listening to a bit of a podcast, reading my book. That's a whole process in itself. And like for that to all happen after half 10, it's a bit much for me. So yeah, I'm just going to keep up with it on TikTok. I feel like there's enough clips anyway that come up on my TikTok for you page that it's literally fine. I'll be so up to date with everything that's happening. So dumb peak of the week was the swim pit. I honestly, do you know what? I'm in such a good way of doing my positive affirmations and like my gratitudes and everything that I have no pits. My knees are really bruised from dancing. That's really sore. Is that a pit? I don't know. <laughs> um, Recommendation has to be making your own ravioli and getting the little stamper things from Amazon. If you want me to link them, let me know. 
my words for this week. This is actually a little positive affirmation that I wrote in my journal. And I'm going to say it and you have to say it back to yourself. You can say it out loud or you can say it into yourself. But I strongly encourage you to say it out loud. I don't know why. I just think it's nicer. You can say it in the mirror or if you're in the car, say it in the car or if you're out in a walk. I promise you, no one thinks you're crazy. They'll just think you're on the phone. Just say it. (laughs) Okay, so repeat after me. I am so proud of myself for everything I've achieved, no matter how big or small. And that even includes getting out of bed in the morning, if that's your biggest achievement. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. It doesn't need to be some big monumental achievement, but be proud of everything that you have achieved this far. Okay, let's get into this week's podcast topic. Today, I'm going to be giving you my fashion predictions for 2024. Now, what do I know? You might be thinking, absolutely nothing. (laughs) This is just what I think we could potentially see popping off in 2024. I mean, I did study fashion marketing. However, I really don't keep up with fashion in the way that I should. And it's not that I'm not interested in it. Like I actually very much am. It's more that I think I subconsciously stay away from trying to see what's trendy in a quest to just like finding my own style better. However, it is always good to get inspo and I do know I need to get back into like keeping an eye out better for the runways and in magazines and everything. Although, could you really be arsed? I don't know. I feel like personally, I would rather develop my own style and kind of work out better what I feel comfortable in and what looks good on me and my body type and just what makes me feel good and what, yeah, what goes with my kind of style. But yeah, of course, it goes without saying, I think you're always going to be influenced to a degree by current trends. But I think it's really important to be able to take a step back, especially from like really overhyped micro micro trends and be able to dissect them and not just like follow the crowd and all of a sudden have like everything of this one thing. And all of a sudden within the space of literally a month, it becomes uncool. Do you know what I mean? Well, not uncool, but yeah, it is suddenly just out of fashion because it was such a hyped micro trend. I hate microtrends anyway. They've literally completely changed the way fashion trends work and how quickly things go out of fashion. And I don't know, like fast fashion companies thrive off of microtrends, obviously, um, because they're able to mass produce them so cheaply, get people on board. Next thing, it's a dying thing and someone's looking for the next thing. So as I said, just important to take a step back from that and see if it's you to start off with. And if it is you, how can you incorporate it into your style in a way that is more you and is more long lasting that isn't so like how do I describe this like how can you take a trend and make it your own like how can you interpret that into your into what you wear in your everyday clothes as opposed to following a trend and just buying that only and then realizing actually you're not really into that and that's not really your style a month later anyway all the trends I'm going to be discussing today all my trend predictions for 2024 none of them are micro trends Okay, so first thing I think we're going to definitely see more of. I think we saw a lot of this whole ballet core thing come into 2023. And as beautiful as the whole ballet core thing is, I think it really suits a certain kind of person. And I really do love it. I, I know there's people that hate it though. But I think we'll see it kind of trickling into mainstream everyday fashion. So it won't be so blatantly in your face ballet core like the way the New York girlies are doing it it will be more kind of 
adapted to be like an everyday person's ballet core. So what I mean by that is like, we'll take inspiration from the extreme side of the, this is what happens in trans anyway. We'll take inspiration from the extreme ballet core kind of look and we'll see it downplayed more so, for example, things like flares, little mini skirts over trousers, leg warmers, uh, little kind of like shrugs or you know those kind of sleeves or cropped cardigans peplum skirts I think we'll see ballet pumps still but I don't think they'll be quite so like ballet ballet pumps like literally look like someone is going to a dance class in them I think we'll see them kind of almost made more masculine made chunkier square toed with buckles we're kind of already seeing that anyway but you know what I mean I think that will be where the ballet pump goes to to make it more widespread if you think of like a professional ballet dancer walking the streets of New York going to training for the day let's say picture that what I see when I picture that don't know about you but what I see is as I said there with like the flares and the shrugs and the little kind of um, what would you call them? Like a wrap skirt or like a, you know, the little mini skirts and you could tie them at the side, like it's very ballerina And also what I think I kind of envision as well is girls with like big boxy tracksuits, but then also something really dainty about them. So it's kind of like mixing this masculine and feminine. So like the big boxy masculine tracksuit, but maybe they're wearing like a little leotard underneath so like little strappy leotards and bodysuits but mixed with like the masculine tracksuits and like you know the slicked hair tied back with nice earrings with really pretty makeup but again with like the masculine tracksuits I do love a good outfit where you mix masculine and feminine that is me to a T it's a rare occasion where you see me dressing in like a full... Look, it's not a rare, rare occasion, actually. That's a lie. I'd say around Christmas, I definitely love wearing like dresses and knee-high boots and heels and everything. However, Christmas aside and like birthday aside and those kind of like occasions aside, I'm very much more a down dresser and like a lot of like masculine elements come into my outfits but then I love to make them more feminine with like all my accessories and my jewelry and my makeup and everything that is my shit this is an advertisement from better help therapy online guys I'm not gonna lie to you I feel like recently my emotions have just been all over the place like completely haywire And I know in myself it's because I'm bottling things up, I'm letting things stress me out and I'm spiralling about them, I'm not talking about it, I'm just sitting there overthinking them, letting them stress me out even more and as a result I'm irritable, I'm getting angry at things I shouldn't really be getting angry at, I'm not able to be present and be in the moment because all I'm thinking is how stressed out I am about certain things. I know I'm not alone in this, I know this is something that so many of us face, we feel like We don't want to talk to our friends and family members about things that are stressing us out because they might seem small or insignificant in comparison to other things. Or we might just not even know how to go about initiating that conversation or opening up in that way to certain people and just getting the words out. And that's why therapy can be such an amazing safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down and causing you to feel like this. 
I have benefited from therapy so much in the past and one of the main things I think therapy brought to my life was just an immediate safe space where I knew it was time for me to talk. It was time for me to open up and talk about my stressors. I didn't have to have this like awkward kind of chat where I was like, hey, I want to talk about this or like not really knowing how to go about that with a friend or a family member. It just is that safe space for you to open up about these things straight away and there's no faffing around. And I think dedicating that time each week and allowing that space for you to open up in that way is literally the most beneficial thing for your mental health because just getting it out there takes away half of the stress straight away. And then not only that, but you talk it through, you rationalize it, you learn, you know, different better ways you can cope with these stressors. Also how to develop healthy boundaries and healthy routines and things that are gonna be preventative for these stressors in the first place. Therapy honestly just empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And I mean, who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and completely suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. My listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash crack. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crack, C-R-A-I-C. And thank you so much to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, the next thing I think is going to be really apparent in 2024 is a focus on good quality basics. Now, this is not something new. It's definitely been very apparent in 2023, but I think it's going to be even more so in 2024. I think brands that are really kind of leading the way in this are Skims and Tala. I'm sure there's plenty more out there. They're just ones I can think of right now. I think Koss actually are pretty well known for their good quality basics, which is obviously handy being a high street store because I know like you can't buy skims in Belfast anyway. Although you probably can in other most other UK cities. And Tala's only online. Tala stuff's amazing quality. Anyway, what were we saying? Oh yes, good quality basics. We're going to see more of definitely. I think people are sick of poor quality like vests and t-shirts that literally are in tatters after five washes and then they're having to buy it again. Like take that money that you'd spend on that thing and you'd have to spend it five times because it goes shit five times and put it into something that's way better quality that's going to last you and also is just going to look so much better and elevated on you. And I think with a focus on good quality basics, what will come from that will also be a focus on accessories to elevate an outfit. Because obviously, you know, when you're investing in your good quality basics and things are maybe a bit more simple and a bit more plain and stripped back because you're not going out and getting all this cheap micro trend statement wear, I think by default, people will gravitate towards funky accessories to lift a look. But before I actually get into the bold accessories, let's talk about good quality basics for a second. I'm thinking a good trench coat, really good quality t-shirts. I am obsessed with my cost t-shirts. I have two of the cost white t-shirts and I honestly think I'm going to buy a third because they're so late. 
I think like a good quality bomber. Also, tracksuits, like really nice fitting, boxy fit, really heavy tracksuits that can be styled up or styled down. Jeans as well. This is a big one. I know it's hard to find the perfect good quality jean, but when you find that perfect jean, it is worth every penny. You will wear that jean every day. That jean? Those jeans. (laughs) Every day for literally the rest of your life. Well, as long as they fit you. And I think when investing in these good quality basics, it's really good to have a kind of go-to color palette that you know firstly works for you as in like suits you and your hair color and your vibe and your shoes and everything but also so that you can kind of stick to a general theme and then it means like all of your basics work together you don't have like all this weird mismatching stuff I guess like the way people say they create like a capsule wardrobe for example for me like I'm not a beige or brown girly so I wouldn't go out and get any beige or brown in the kind of, you know, good quality basics because that then wouldn't go with any of my other things. And it makes a lot more sense for me to kind of stay within the khaki, white, grey, black, greens, blues, that kind of realm. And then by default, all of that works together and you've got like a million different outfits just by interchanging, you know, one thing out every time. In terms of accessories then to elevate an outfit, especially when you are pulling things back and going a bit more simple, jewellery, of course, that's a huge one for me. I've always been a chunky jewellery lover and I really think chunky jewellery is going to make a comeback this year. It's never disappeared for me. I've always been a chunky jewellery girl, but I feel like with the whole clean girl aesthetic that girl thing going on the last year or however long it's been there's definitely been more of a focus on fine gold jewelry and look each to their own I think jewelry is a very personal thing and if you're a fine gold jewelry girl it's very unlikely that you're just magically gonna become a chunky silver girl or do you know what I mean in the same way where I could never imagine myself being anything other than a chunky silver girl So this is one of those things where even if the trends do change, it's unlikely that you'll actually follow that trend because your jewellery is your jewellery. And that's like your, um, not your baby, but do you know what I mean? I feel like it's part of who you are. Anyway, I think we'll see a lot more chunky jewellery. I think we'll continue to see like the big hats, you know, for example, like the big faux fur kind of ones that like Rashid and I'm trying to think of the other brand names. I can't think off the top of my head. You know, like the big dramatic ones, Doja Cat and Eliza Rose and everyone wears funky bags, bright color bags, bags made out of materials that aren't stereotypically for using bags, like chunky knit bags and I don't know, just different textures, different colors of bags. Having fun with different glasses, whether that be sunglasses or normal glasses. I think big gloves as well, you know, like really OTT gloves. Also, those cute little like knit hoods, they're so nice, but I can't wear them. My hair does not allow for that. But yeah, I actually think bold glasses is a huge thing. This is a trend prediction within itself, although I'm saying like a focus on bold accessories. Bold glasses, we've been seeing the rise of them in 2023. We've been seeing more people getting like the blue light blocking glasses or people just 
I don't know, getting their eyes tested. Or if you're like me, you may have even just bought a pair of glasses with literal clear lenses. <laughs> I don't care if that makes me sound like a loser, okay? It's an accessory. These were definitely on the rise from when everyone started working from home during COVID and people were spending so much time staring at a computer screen all day and the blue light blocking glasses kind of popped off a little bit. And now it's kind of like gone a step further where people are wanting their glasses to actually be like a fashion statement and not just like something that they pull out to, you know, use on their laptop in the privacy of their own homes. So yeah, brands like Jimmy Fairley, Ace and Tate... Blue Bloom is another one in London that have quite funky frames. But my fave by far, like by a mile, is Jimmy Fairley. I've got a few pairs of their glasses and I just love them. I love them as a brand. Like I love their branding. I love their shops. If you ever get a chance to go and do a Jimmy Fairley shop, please do. Also, all their frames are completely customizable. Like you can pick whatever lens you want. They do like tinted lenses, darker ones, or they do blue light, or that you can just get the clear ones as well. They are the kings of like a cool, funky, chunky frame. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that. So go grab yourselves a pair of Jimmy Fairley glasses. You'll thank me for it. Also, you know when I love them, you know when you're having like a no makeup day and your hair is slicked back and you just feel very bare and like you need something on your face? Stick a chunky pair of glasses on and your favourite hoops and I promise you, you feel like a different person. That is my life hack. (laughs) Okay, my next trend prediction for 2024 is that I do think we're going to see a lot more animal prints coming back in. This is one of those things that it is just cyclical. Like, animal prints just go in and out of fashion over time. Now, to be completely honest, I actually am an animal print lover. However, I don't like it when it's OTT, and I really hope that this time it doesn't go OTT. Like, I don't want to see too much leopard and zebra print and oh remember when everyone was obsessed with the koi print and everything I don't want to see it like plastered across everything however to me a subtle leopard print or even zebra is actually a bit of a neutral like to me that never really went fully out like yes okay it probably went out in terms of like the big hype around leopard print everything and you know you'd walk into a shop and you could literally get any garment in a leopard print or in some sort of animal print that obviously went out but to me like you know a nice no I'm very fussy about my leopard prints and what I like and what I think looks tacky and what I think is a nice leopard print I don't know if anyone else is the same but I'm very very specific about the leopard prints that I like or the cheetah prints or whatever it is I have to say this whole time you know since it went out shall we say I have still loved a good leopard print coat or cheetah print coat or, you know, like a a relaxed fit cheetah print jean. I love a good leopard print dress. Now, not, again, not a tacky leopard print dress. I'm talking very like Rachel Green, Phoebe Buffay kind of leopard print dress. Do you know what I mean? Like the nice mid-length It might be just a normal leopard print or it might have like pinky tones in it or it might be like I have one from my mum and it's blue with like the little brown patches on it and I love that. So things like that for me that are really timeless and not like really tacky OTT leopard print honestly never went out and I think we'll see more of it which 
you know, by default, the way any trend is means that we probably will also see the OTT tacky side of that and then everyone will hate it again. I, however, am an animal print stan as long as it's done right. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm really sorry to the Ghani girls. No, I do love Ghani myself. However, I don't like the Ghani leopard print. I'm sorry if you're a Ghani leopard print stan, but to me... The Ghani leopard print is not the kind of leopard print that I like. But please don't let what I'm saying right now influence whether you like your... If you've bought your Ghani jeans, you better love those Ghani jeans and you better wear them until the day you die. <laughs> but yeah, I don't like that kind of pattern where the the marks are really big, if that makes sense. I, pref- I think I prefer a cheetah print. The Ghani sons are absolutely quaking in the boots right now. Okay, my next trend prediction of 2024... I think we have seen so much of the big baggy trouser in recent years. You know, the big cargo pants, the big parachute pants, the big baggy jean. We've seen it so much. And look, I still love a good baggy trouser. I genuinely think I will rock a baggy trouser till the day I die. For me, that's never going out of fashion. However, I do think because we have seen so much of it, and it's maybe getting a little tiresome. I think we're going to see more varying kind of styles of trousers. I don't think we're going to go skinny skinny just yet. Now, with the way trends work, skinny jeans could be coming back in. They could be right in the corner. I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't think this is the year for skinny jeans. I think we could maybe get there more slowly. We're not going to jump straight from big baggy trousers to skinny jeans realistically. It's going to be a more gradual process. And I think 2024 we're going to see more of that kind of in-between trouser so like tapered trousers or bootleg jeans or nice kind of tailored trousers do you know what I mean I'm thinking cos slash weekday vibes nice well-fitting tailored trousers a really nice quality bootleg jean yeah I think people are a little bit over the kind of overly baggy look which I get if something is pushing your face too much you're going to get a little bit sick of it but there's definitely still a place for that and there will always be a special place in my heart for a big baggy jean or trouser of some sort. Moving on from that, I feel like this kind of comes into play with that last prediction, is a focus more on silhouettes. So as I was saying, with the whole big baggy trouser thing, kind of not coming to an end, but you know, becoming a little bit tiresome, We have been wanting like oversized everything for ages now, you know, oversized bombers, oversized hoodies, oversized jeans, oversized cargoes, like it's all been about the oversized big baggy look. And as much as I love that and as like comfy as that is, when you look at someone in a full baggy fit like that, it the silhouette of it is literally like you're wearing a bin bag. Do you know what I mean? Like there is no shape to that whatsoever. It's just big and baggy. And that's why people love it on one hand. But on the other hand, like it's not really giving any structural cool silhouette. And so I think people will start to think more about the kind of overall silhouette an outfit gives as opposed to just matching your top and trousers or your coat and trousers, if you know what I mean. I think people will think of things in the perspective of a silhouette. So not only will you think of how things match close up, but also if you take a step back or, well, if you take 
50 steps back and you you take a different perspective of the outfit and you see the kind of overall silhouette I think people will start to think about that more so I'm thinking you know more boxy styles more um structured shoulders more slimmer fit trousers like I was saying but then with maybe something oversized on top like playing about more with silhouettes than just being like one big oversized bin bag that's not to diss the oversized look you know I'm a big stan of that then I also think we're gonna see a lot of red accessories now the reason I think that is because well first of all wasn't red the color of the season last season or something am, am I right in saying that I feel like it was the color of autumn no I should have done my research before this anyway I swear I remember seeing that and we saw a lot of red like red knitwear red trousers red coats like red being worn a lot and to be completely honest I am not a red person whatsoever I feel like you're either such a red person and you suit it so much and you know you wear you love wearing red dresses and red lipstick and red everything and it just really suits you or you not hate it but never really find yourself reaching for red and I I am not I never reached for a red option of anything However, what I can really appreciate, actually, sorry, no, not that I can really appreciate because I can really appreciate a good red outfit. I can also just appreciate that that wouldn't look good on me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? However, what I think is universal for everyone, no matter whether you are a red girl or not, I think is red accessories. And I think because we've seen so much like full red outfits and full red coats and everything, I think it's going to be a little bit more toned down. I think we're going to see red brought into like accessories more than it will be full outfits. And I also think that will maybe be a bit more subtle with like more burgundies and maroons and things too, as well as like bright reds. Another reason why I think this will be a big thing in 2024 is because if you actually think about it, right, just deep this for a second, red goes with everything. Actually, you know what? I could argue there's a few things it doesn't go with. However, in general, red goes with a lot. It's a very good colour to go with your neutrals, regardless of whether you're a beige, white, brown girly or a black, grey, khaki, white girly. Do you know what I mean? No matter what you fall under, red goes with it. And I think with accessories a lot of the time you don't you're kind of scared to go too bold do you know what I mean when you want to buy let's say like a nice new black leather bag let's say or you want to buy like nice new chunky Mary Jane shoes or something and the default is to always get these things in black in a color that's going to suit everything but I actually think red is a really good alternative because not only does it go with all of your basics and a lot of other colors but then it's also a little bit of a statement like it's a little it's a bit of fun. It's a splash of colour whilst it not cutting you out from wearing that every day. And I've seen some brands doing red bags that have been popping off and I just really see this for 2024. I see nice big red over the shoulder bags. I see like red Mary Janes, red loafers, red boots. And I'm not talking bright in your face like stop sign red I mean yes that too but also more toned down burgundies and things as well and I think I'm getting on board with that in fact I really would love to buy myself a nice burgundy bag it's about time I get myself a new bag because honestly I've got this one black kind of like you know those puffer bags basically I got that when I was in second year uni and it was the best thing ever because you know it fit my laptop it fit my lunch my pack lunch and 
my water bottle and everything that I would bring for a full day of going to the library and everything. It was so handy. However, I haven't got a new like big bag since then that would fit my laptop. And it's such an ick me going everywhere with like nice outfits and then this big disgusting black puffer bag. Not that it's disgusting, but like, yeah, it's just, it's really a bit of an ick. And anyway, I've been looking into getting a new bag and I really think I'm edging towards this burgundy kind of vibe. Another colour related trend that I really think we're going to see in 2024 is yellow. Now, not this very second, but come spring, summer, I think yellow is going to be the colour of the summer. And I'm low-key angry about this because yellow has been my colour for literally the last four years. And nobody can take that away from me. I am a yellow dress girl. I've got a little yellow bag that comes absolutely everywhere with me in the summer, like a little, you know, like a little nighttime one, a small one, not a daytime kind of one. But yeah, I've got a little yellow bag that comes everywhere with me in the summer. I've got multiple yellow dresses. I've got a yellow knit shrug. I am a yellow girl. I've got yellow bed sheets. I've got yellow knitwear. Like even at this time of year, I'm a yellow girl. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I don't think we're going to see yellow being the colour until spring, summer. Anyway, yeah, if you can't tell, I'm a bit caught up about this. Even though it's literally just my prediction. However, I really think like last year we saw yellow becoming... I Right, yellow has this weird kind of... What's the word? I want to say stigma, but I don't know if that's the right way to describe a colour. Anyway, I feel like yellow has a bit of a stigma. People think it's like a very childish or like really in your face kind of color maybe associating it more with the really really bright almost like neon yellows which I understand that is very in your face to me a nice soft buttery pastely yellow is a neutral like that is a neutral for me and I will wear that I could wear yellow every day of my life yellow makes me so happy and I think we saw some brands last summer do some really beautiful like silk satiny dresses in that nice pastely buttery yellow color and yellow kind of dispersed into into the people (laughs) it dispersed itself into the people and kind of became a color that was on people's radar that prior to that would have not thought about wearing yellow if that makes sense and I think as a result of it kind of being on their radar when not being before it's now gonna become even more popular this spring summer i've said it before and i'll say it again yellow for me is a neutral there is not a single color that yellow doesn't go with like i know i was talking about red earlier going with everything but i think it could be argued maybe there are a few things that red doesn't go with however yellow goes with literally everything and it's the best way to brighten up a summer outfit or a winter outfit for that matter like a yellow knit in the winter dopamine dressing to a T like that makes me happy if you're afraid of yellow if you've never really been a yellow person start off small get a little yellow bag get I've got a little pair of yellow kitten heels like that go with literally everything in the summer you'll be really surprised at how much yellow goes with everything trust me like yellow and pink gorge combination yellow and green Yes. Yellow and black, yellow and white, yellow and khaki, yellow and orange. Like yellow goes with everything. Although I'm going to stop talking about yellow because it's my color. (laughs) 
And I don't want it to be anyone else's. Expensive knitwear had a bit of a moment in 2023. We saw a nice, like, luxurious kind of mohair jumpers and cardigans from very high-end brands that are completely out of my price range. Brands like Marnie, Needles. I guess Needles is more, well, it's a bit more affordable than Marnie, but it's still not cheap, that's for sure. What other brands did really nice knitwear this year? Hope Macaulay from Northern Ireland. She's really popping off with her chunky, expensive knitwear. Carhartt did some cool cardigans. You know all those kind of like cool brands that the likes of End Clothing would stock? Or what's that other one that was in Leeds? Oh, the Hip Store. Yeah, the Hip Store was really cool. They had some good brands. Anyway, those kind of like cool streetwear brands that are really pricey are really lapping up this expensive funky knitwear trend and I think as a result of that we're gonna see a lot more of that in 2024 and I'm very happy about that I love myself a good funky chunky knit I've been loving the mohair things I'm loving all the patterns like everything's just fun do you know what I mean and I feel like that's so important to just bring a bit of life and a bit of fun to your winter wardrobe I also love well, coming from Ireland and like anyone else listening to this that's from that's from Ireland or the UK or somewhere with a similar climate, the versatility of a good cardigan is unmatched. That shit will do you all year round because we don't really get a proper summer, you know? Like you'll be wearing your nice cardigans even if they are thick, even in the midst of summer. And you'll be wearing them in the midst of the coldest part of winter as well, but you'll be layering them with other things, you know? So there's something to be said for a really good cardigan that you're obsessed with. The only thing is, is that these are actually expensive. And if you want to get the good quality stuff, you know, you're paying the price for it. It's definitely an investment. I think good knitwear does last you pretty much as long as you want it to. It's not something you're going to go out and buy like four of for the season or anything. It's more something you decide one year, you know what, I'm going to get this. I'm going to splurge on this gorgeous cardigan or this gorgeous mohair jumper or whatever it may be and that's gonna do me for the next I'm not gonna buy another piece of knitwear for the next three years if you've got the self-control actually nowhere has really been making a bit of a comeback with their knitwear Marxies. I keep seeing Marks and Spencers everywhere for their knitwear I, I, to be fair I feel like they've always been good for that but maybe our generation wasn't so aware of it but I've also heard that they changed their buyers recently so they're it's actually low-key a lot better now. I don't know. They've always, I feel like they have always been known for like good cashmere stuff and good linen trousers and everything. That's very MS. Next thing I definitely would love to see more of in 2024 is layering and like playing about with layering different pieces in your wardrobe. I think you can do so much with your wardrobe when you when you start thinking it as more like mod is modular the right word? I get, yeah, I guess modular, but like, as opposed to thinking, okay, what top, what jacket, what trousers am I going to wear? Start thinking about how you can like layer all these pieces that you have and almost like make an entire new top or bottom half just by combining a few different things or like wearing something completely differently. I think layering things makes outfits so much more interesting. It gives them more depth and texture and it makes you look creative it makes you look like you know your shit when it comes to fashion just by doing a little bit of layering do you know what I mean when it really does not take that much brain power 
I always need to constantly remind myself about this. You know what I mean? It doesn't come so naturally to me to think of all these like cool ways of layering things. I definitely have to remind myself and get like inspo layering photos and that type of thing because it's really easy to just fall into the, oh, jumper, jeans, jacket. That's you. Good to go. But it's like, how can you make that a little bit different, you know? So yeah, I think layering's really cool and I think we should definitely be playing more with it in 2024. And following on from that is playing with textures. I guess this kind of falls into that layering business as well. Just playing with different textures, different fabrics, different things that kind of contrast against each other. I think bringing different textures into an outfit can make it so much more interesting. Maybe you've got like a cool mesh or like organza puffy top and you can mix that with like this is a really bad example but with something leather do you know what I mean just kind of thinking more about how you can class these things and therefore make them even more bold instead of having like one statement piece and just wearing it with something plain I think it's really fun to play about with different textures and even like different textures of knit wear all within one you know So maybe having like a chunky knit jumper, but then like a cashmere scarf and like mohair gloves, like just all different textures going on, I think is really interesting. Oh, something I think we have been seeing a little bit of, but I think should be taken to like the next level in 2024. And that is using things like socks, tights, sleeves and undergarments to accessorize more. We saw like the lace tights and the cute little lace socks. I need to get myself a pair of lace socks. I'm so obsessed with that look with the little kitten heels. I will get my hands on them if I remember. So yeah, we saw that kind of hype. And I I do actually think the lace sock and tight trend isn't going anywhere just yet. I think if anything, it's a gateway into more types of different kind of types and socks and different textures of types and socks and fabrics that can elevate an outfit more and make it look you know as I said a bit more cool again this is like kind of falling into the playing with textures thing I guess what that looks like I don't really know maybe some funky patterns some colors some spark oh I love a sparkly tight a sparkly tight is my shit I see a little plain black dress like your favorite LBD in the winter with a sparkly tight love my stupid dog ripped one of my favorite pairs as well. They were the nicest kind of like sheer black ones, but with gold sparkles throughout them. And I walked in the door after having worn them. This was the second time I'd worn them. Walked in, my George, my George, my dog George jumped up on me, ripped the whole tights the whole way down the leg. I was fuming. Now I do have silver ones, which are really cool and actually have like spider web patterns on them, but in silver glitter. Sounds weird, but trust me, they're cool. So I do have them that haven't been ripped, but I need to get another pair of gold ones because I went straight on the website to get them again after he ripped them and they were sold out, unfortunately. But yeah, just playing more with those kinds of like things. What did I say? Socks, tights, and even sleeves, different textures of sleeves, mesh, or what do you call that other kind of woven together fabric that you'd have of sleeves oh my god I literally can't think of it sorry and also with undergarments so you know if you're wearing something sheer or something low cut basically if there's any chance that you can expose something of your underwear make it a statement and wear cool underwear 
like sexy, cool, bright colored lingerie. It's not just for the bedroom. It's also for leveling up your outfits when it can be seen. And also just wear that shit all the time as well because it makes you feel good. Okay, my final trend prediction for 2024 is a makeup related one. We've really gone through it all with makeup, you know? If you think back to five years ago, let's say, was it five? Yeah, five years ago, five or six years ago was when I trained to be a makeup artist and the trends then with makeup were so different to now. Like back then I would have gone out with a full purple glitter cut crease and everyone would have been complimenting my makeup all night. Everyone would say, oh my God, your eyeshadow. And now, if you went out like that, you would actually feel like you're insane. So we've really been through some eras in terms of makeup. And now, with the whole clean girl aesthetic, that girl vibe going on, it's been stripped right back. And, you know, there's a focus on pretty natural, I guess, makeup. A very clean skin, glass-like skin, nice and glowy. Focus on the base and, like, getting your products right with like your skincare and your primers and everything natural brushed brows big lashes have even gone out like we've really stripped everything right back and you know what I do actually love that but not because it's been stripped back I love it because what this era of makeup has taught people is how to work with their skin as opposed to like always creating these like mad crazy colorful looks I think this kind of trend of makeup it really has taught people like what what works for them what kind of products they should be using in their base and different techniques different products depending on whether you're dry or oily do you know what I mean I think people know a lot more about what they actually what suits them and what they should be putting on their face and how to achieve a certain outlook with their base makeup And I really love that for all of us. However, I do think that we are going to get a little bit bored of this really pared back makeup. That's not to say it doesn't look nice. I think it's fucking stunning. Like, I really do think there is a lot to be said about a really simple stripped back makeup look with the browns and maybe some individual lashes and the brown smoky eyeliner and the nude lip and the glowy skin like it's a stunning stunning makeup look that will never leave like that it's not a trend as much as like the clean girl makeup thing is a trend that actual makeup look in itself is not a trend and is not going anywhere but I do think we will get a little bit bored of never playing with makeup in the same way that we used to and I think as a result of that we'll want to somehow experiment a little bit with makeup whilst also keeping the really nice features of the clean girl makeup look and the techniques and everything of that but we'll want to play around with it a little bit more and I think what that will mean is that you know we'll still have the gorgeous glowing base but maybe we'll play around with like funky colored eyeliners and like glitter eyeliners or maybe tapping like I don't know a pink shimmer onto the center of the eye with the browns I think even things like coloured eyebrows or glitter eyebrows. I love a glitter eyebrow. I didn't do it this new year, but the last two new years before that, I've done a glitter eyebrow because I think I was in a rush doing my makeup and I couldn't be bothered doing like a full glittery eye. So I just decided, fuck it. When I 
spike my eyebrows up. I'm just going to press glitter and do it. Such a cool look. Love that. So I think playing around with it in a way that's like still quite subtle. Like it's by no means a bright purple glitter cut crease, <laughs> but it's adding some fun elements back into makeup and maybe allowing us to experiment a bit more and fall back in love with that kind of experimental creative side of makeup. I think even things like experimenting with different colors of blushes, like branching out from your normal peachy shade and maybe doing like a bright orange or a yellow or even like a purple or mauve if that's not within your comfort zone normally. Things like some shimmer or like a glitter on the lip. I do really think though it'll mostly play out with eyeliners because with that comes different colored eyeliners, it comes liquid ones, it comes pencils, it comes glitter liners, shimmer liners. I think there's a lot that can be done with a good eyeliner. It can be smoked out, it can be a wing, it can be in the waterline. Do you know what I mean? There's, It's quite versatile. And it means everything else can remain the same in terms of sticking to what you know and what suits your face with the base and everything else. And that wraps up my fashion trend predictions for 2024. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. If you have any trend predictions for this year, please let me know. Say in the comments, you can swipe up on Spotify and it'll say, what did you think of this episode? Tell me what your trend predictions are for 2024. Also, remember to send me in your dilemmas or questions for the bonus episode. My DMs are open. It will always remain anonymous. Anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your Instagram story, in your TikToks. I love seeing it all. As always, thank you so much for your continued love and support. It means the absolute world to me. I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.